up, everybody? Welcome to Studio Wesley Annex, the audiovisual podcast where we talk about the lectionary texts of the week. I'm your host, Michael Yarrick, here with some wonderful people. Allison, how's it going? It's going well. Doing all the things. Allison told me before we started that there's a bookshelf that is craving to be built. Yeah, yeah. That's that's like a, it's going really well because I have a new bookshelf, but also there's like this little thing in my mind that's like everything's horrible because all you want to do is put together your new bookshelf. Do you want to put it together while re- while doing your scripture? That'd be, <laughs> be pretty wild. Good I'm not that good at multitasking. I don't know if it'd be good content. It'd be like you guys watching me stare at the book going, how do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> Sydney, how are you? I'm good. I'm um, I today off. I cleaned my. Oh, I made some hand pies today. What is Ooh. what? What makes something a hand pie versus a normal pie? Uh, it's just a pie, like a personal sized pie. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I made some. So. That's pretty great. What what pretty kind? Great. What kind of pie? Um, I made it with blueberry and raspberry because that's what I had in my freezer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like the raspberry, but I did like a tiny bit of raspberry because it's so strong, you know. I was trying to like balance flavors. Yeah. But it was more blueberry. I could go on a whole rant about the price differential between blackberries and raspberries. It's very upsetting to me because I like raspberries so much, but they're so expensive. They are so expensive. Anyways, it's fine. And then blackberries are like good, but they have a bad aftertaste and they're like way cheaper. And so- they're so crunchy. Crunch you like they hurt like my teeth, they get all in your teeth. Fruit shouldn't yeah. be crunchy. <laughs> Apples? Uh, Drew, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. I think apples are supposed to usually be crunchy, but uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, I'm doing good. I was feeling a little, I had my first class today for my new semester, yeah. and I've got a it was very so I'm going into my internship tomorrow. But so there's very like limited classes. So I've got to drive like forever. So I live in West Palm and I've got to go to Davie, which is I'm lucky that it's not during rush hour. So it only takes like an hour. But so a lot of driving today. But an hour, an hour commute. That's that's like that's rough. Yeah. Last semester or the first semester I was at FAU was like an hour and a half, though, because it was like rush hour. So oh, okay. it's not that bad. Yeah, we're shrinking it down, shrinking it down. Well. We are glad to have you. I'm glad to have all of you guys. Um, Sydney, do you want to open us up in prayer before we get rolling? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, thank you, God, for another opportunity to be together, to talk about scripture, and to learn from one another. Um, I pray that you would just be present in our interpretations, in our um, understanding of what each other are bringing today and um, that we would just have a fun time that we have fun little time today in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Fun little time. And if you watched our last episode, then you know that Jesus is a fun little guy. Yeah. We're just going to have a fun little time talking about a fun little guy. So Allison, do you want to take it away with our new Testament text? Yeah, I'm ready. Take it away. All right, so I um, have 1 Corinthians 7, 29 through 31. Um, This is one of those times on Annex where I kind of have had a bit of a hard time like pulling something from it. Um, And so whenever that happens, and I've done this in the past, I kind of look at multiple versions. And 
sometimes I end up in these spots of like comparing and contrasting the versions. Um, because oddly enough, with this, these verses specifically, I think I pull, I pull something different from the different translations, um, which I thought was interesting. And so I have currently, I'm working with the voice and the common English Bible. Um, and the gist of like these verses is talking about, you know, how um, time is growing short and short, short and shorter. Um, and so for what we have remaining, it says all these things like, you know, those who have wives should be like those who don't have them. Those who are sad should be like those who aren't crying. Um, those who are happy should be like those who aren't happy. And so it just kind of passes like back and forth throughout it. Um, but I am specifically pulling from verse 31. And so I'm going to read that verse from both translations, just because, like I said, I think I pull differently from both translations. And so I think it'll be interesting to kind of compare it. I've said interesting way too many times in this thought. Um, so the CEB says, those who use the world should be like people who aren't preoccupied with it because the world in its present form is passing away. And then the voice translate, translates it as, if you make use of this rebellious and broken world, live, live as if you have no use for it because the form of this world is fading away. Um, and so just comparing them a little bit, like I think some of the words found in the voice have more of an impact on me. So like where CEB says passing away, the voice says fading away. And for some reason, I think that phrase fading away hit me more than passing away did. Like, obviously, they have, they have the same uh, meaning, the same thing going on. Um, but I think thinking of something as fading away, for some reason, just hit me harder. Um, and then also just in the voice, I feel like it can be more applicable to like the things going on in our lives and on the world today, because it talks about how um, the world, it calls it rebellious and broken, um, which I just feel like is so applicable to everything going on. Um, and so it says, if you make use of this rebellious and broken world, and it goes into like all these different things. And while like, there are some things that obviously I'm like, we're not, I don't want to really want to sit on that part. Like the whole, um, uh, verse 29, when it talks about, you know, for those who have wives should be like people who don't have them. Like there are certain parts where I'm like, I'm going to scoot away from that. And we're going to focus on this instead. Um, but I do think that there is something to like talking about this for verse and the way of like there is so much going on around us um and finding ways to live through that while also like you know continuing to have lives continuing to fight for others while also um doing the thing and moving forward and I don't know so I just liked kind of that comparison there because the CEB the CEB didn't have like as much of an impact on me as when I read the voice translation of it so I just like that comparison this one's hard for me to respond to Allison. I, I like the live as if you have no use for the world. Like it's weirdly like hitting me in a hard way. Cause I'm like, just because the world is rebellious and broken doesn't mean we shouldn't like mm -hmm. have like, does it like, I don't want to live as if I have no use for it. Like that feels like we're giving up hope. And I was trying to like reconcile that fact before I started responding so that I didn't seem super pessimistic in my response. Um, and maybe I'm just like slowly processing that. But I will say the comparison between passing away and fading away is interesting too because I feel like fading away, it like continues to have I – I don't, I don't know. Like passing away feels more like pessimistic in that we're thinking of the inevitable like it's gone. Fading away feels like it continues to have value as like as it goes away i don't know these are just random thoughts that's but yeah that's interesting that's um that's all i've got um 
Yeah, I think scriptures like this can be kind of hard to like, I don't know, process because it feels like they're so like, when you do a literal like reading of it, it's like, what do you want me to do? Like, you want me to just like, pretend like the world is dead to me? Like, that makes no sense. Um, <laughs> it just is like, that feels absurd and unreasonable. But I don't know, I guess like my first thought was, well, again, it feels also unreasonable because like those kinds of, that kind of thinking can lead to bad behavior. Like in it, it's, it's almost like asking you like, act like it doesn't exist, be holy. But sometimes people who believe that the world is ending soon do the exact opposite because they don't see their actions as having real consequences in a world that's Jesus is coming back soon anyways. Why should I invest myself into this world? You know what I mean? And so it's kind of like the ways that we think about the world and the world ending, I feel like does have an effect though on like how we act now, you know? And so sometimes I kind of feel like indifferent towards what exactly we believe about the world ending and more so how it affects our perspectives now. Um, and so like this kind of reminded me of like, I listened to a couple like Buddhist podcasts, like Buddhist teachers, and they talk a lot. I'm not, I'm not Buddhist. And so I, I'm not going to try and like do justice to their teachings, but they um, talk a lot about the idea of not being attached to things like detachment from your possessions, your relationships. And that doesn't mean that you don't care about them, but it means that the kind of emotional turmoil that we go through in life is because we have become attached to things versus being present with them. Um, and like just being fully in the moment with them. And so that kind the scripture kind of reminded me of that kind of way of thinking a little, but I don't know. Scriptures like that are weird and hard too. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think that it's like one of the like hardest things to understand is like why, like in the Bible, like throughout the whole thing, it, they talk about leaving behind like worldly possessions and not being part of this world and like things like that. And I've always thought it's like very confusing. And like specifically with that, I think that like these kind of passages are used like a, just as like a tool to, as a reminder, especially since like, especially in the old, well, I guess both, but we're talking about the old Testament and the ways in which uh, the people like moved away from God's light and guidance and all that stuff because of worldly things that really had nothing to do with God. So I think that that's kind of what I take from it. And on the other side, I think that it's also like, I, I like what you did with comparing the um, translations because I think that it can be really helpful if you read something. I think we're lucky to be this far removed from when these things are written because we have so many different translations of it that we can we can almost choose the one that speaks to us the most because even though they're saying the same things they say in ways that resonate with us differently. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, I'm going to be sitting with this one for a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to make it hopeful for me somehow. <laughs> Eventually mark my words. Uh, all right. With that, Sydney, do you want to roll us into the old Testament? Yeah. Take it. it away. Um, 
Mine, I had Jonah, Jonah 3, 1 through 5, and then verse 10. So I think a lot of us are familiar with the story of Jonah and the fish. Um, it's very, it's like a story that I think is like a fun kind of like absurd story. So it's kind of fun to talk about as a kid, like the concept of a man living in a fish's stomach for three days and three nights or however long. Um, and so, I mean, I think like a lot of the scriptures we approach on here, it's like, we've read it a billion times and have been given various like interpretations of what we're supposed to take away from the story. Um, but anyways, so it drops you in this scripture and in uh, chapter three drops you in after Jonah had you know, run away from, so like God asks Jonah, like, Hey, I need you to go like to the people in Nineveh because they're like being crazy and sinful over there. And it's just come to my attention. So I need you to go like witness to them. And Jonah runs away for whatever reason. And then he goes on this boat with these sailors. And then there's this big storm because Jonah was running away from God. And then um, the sailors end up tossing him off board. Um, well, it, and I might add the sailors didn't want to, I feel like they're like, they really didn't want to throw Jonah off board. And I don't know why that's such a precious detail to me. Cause like, they know that Jonah's the problem, but they still try and keep him on the boat. And then they're like, all right, sorry, man. Like we've tried, we got to throw you off board. So they throw him off board and then he gets swallowed by the fish and then gets spit out of the fish after he like has a, a moment with God in the belly of the fish. And then God asks him or tells him again to go to um, Nineveh. And then Jonah does, goes to Nineveh. And then basically the Nineveh people in Nineveh um, put on their sackcloth or whatever and like repent. Um, and essentially God doesn't destroy Nineveh for its sins. So I think that what I really got from this today, this reading is like the idea that like, so like, yeah, Jonah went on this whole detour in the fish, you know, with the fish. And it's like, okay, like if, if right away God had told Jonah what to do and Jonah was like, yeah, like sure. And then he'd gone to do it it would have been like, okay, yeah, it would have worked out fine. It would have, you know, been a little quicker, a little more painless, but Jonah wasn't ready. Like the first time God asked Jonah to go to Nineveh, Jonah wasn't ready for whatever reason. It doesn't say in here, at least in these translations, it doesn't say why. It just says Jonah ran away. Me projecting onto the story. I'm like, if God asked me to do something like that, maybe I would have some kinds of like um, fear or feel like inadequate in some kind of way. Um, or like, I'm not ready to do something like that. And so instead of, I guess, like interpreting this as like Jonah runs away and then is like punished because Jonah ran away. I almost kind of think of it as like Jonah went on a little side quest and it helped prepare Jonah for the actual thing, you know, like Jonah ran away and 
I don't see God as being mad at him, but being like, all right, well, like clearly you need some more preparation. And so he goes and then he's able to witness to these sailors and the sailors end up like basically being like, oh, what's up? Like God is real. And, um, and then he has this like really intimate moment with God in the fish where he's like praying about like the ebbs and flows of his relationship with God and stuff. And then after the fish, he's ready. And so, I don't know, I kind of took it as like, sometimes when you feel like there's something you're supposed to do or you feel a calling of some sort and, or somebody has maybe asked you to do something that you don't feel ready for. Maybe sometimes it's okay to like, just not feel ready and to like need time. and. Maybe we can also trust that like, if it's really meant to be, that we'll be able to circle back later once we do feel ready or that God will in that time that we take away from that thing, prepare us via various circumstances. You know, what's that thing they always say? Like, if you pray for patience, like God's not just going to give you patience. God's going to give you stuff to teach you patience. And I think that that's so, I don't know. I think that's true. I think sometimes, um, I don't know if I think God deliberately makes us suffer in any way, but I, I do think that when we're seeking preparation for something and we put ourselves in a posture for something that we want, but we don't feel ready for a lot of times we will reap the qualities, characteristics and strengths that we need to work on to be able to do that thing. So that's my interpretation of Jonah. Yeah, I think that it's interesting and like you can see it. I mean, obviously there's a pretty unique way of like correction in Jonah that probably doesn't really apply to us literally, hopefully. But uh, like, yeah, I think that it's really like important that there's that like God recognizes that maybe in that moment, Jonah wasn't ready to do it and he didn't have maybe the confidence or the ability to do the things that God was asking him to do. But Ultimately, he came around and he did it, and there was, you know, brightness at the end. And um, yeah, I also thought it was interesting what you were saying about like how they didn't want to throw him over. Because I remember even before I really went to church as a kid, my grandmother used to always read me the, this Jonah book and stuff. And they make it sound like, well, they say, no, we don't want to do that. But then, like, the, the next, you know, the next page is them just tossing him in. And it's maybe when you were talking about it, it made me think like, I don't know, we might be on different sides of TikTok, but they give me these like North Sea TikToks of like these crazy storms. And so this is what made me think of, and I'm like, I don't think I could ever, well, maybe if I was on the boat when, and I knew I'd do that to stop the storm, but the thought of like getting thrown into the water while a crazy storm is going, just makes me kind of like uh, anxious just thinking about that. Yeah, um, I, and I, I'll be honest, it was going in and out a little bit, internet issues while you were talking, Sydney. But if I like caught everything you were saying, I um, I really love the implications of this text for both like spiritual use and just like general use for everyday life. Um, and you talked about it a little bit, but I, I, I love the aspect of like, it is absolutely normal, I think, for us to feel like God's call or God pushing us in a direction to be like, uh. I don't know about that yet. I'm not going to do that yet. There's a lot of other things I have going on right now. And I don't know if I'm going to do that one yet. Um, 
And then there's also like the, that just happens in our everyday lives too. You know, like we, there's that like internal struggle of like feeling like we should be going, which again, one could argue is also just, you know, God pushing us in certain ways. But like, we have that feeling of like the next step, we're taking the next step and something, maybe we push it off a little bit because we're trying to finalize some other things first. And so I just kind of loved the real life applications um, that connect to like that spirituality side of things that um, this text brings. And then also by like what you brought through the text. So I have to be honest. Um, I've seen the VeggieTales version of this story like a thousand times. I watched it on repeat as a kid. So the whole time you're talking, all I hear is Jonah went on a journey, but did he really know? Like the whole, the whole time that's just playing in the background. Anyways, first of all, what a good epiphany story. Like if we're talking about epiphany in the terms of like, oh, I had an epiphany. Like the Ninevites are like the perfect, the perfect representation of that. Jonah's like, oh man, I don't want to go talk to these people. And then he shows up, says like two sentences and they're like, whoa, cool. Um, which is awesome. So the piece I remember, this <laughs> again, this is from the VeggieTales movie. I don't know how scripturally accurate this is because it's not in your text here, Sydney. But like, I remember a piece of this being like, Jonah hated the Ninevites. So like when God didn't destroy Nineveh, Jonah kind of had like a, a moment where it's like, what the heck? You said you were going to like destroy this place. I don't know if that's actually in the Bible. That happened in the VeggieTales version. Regardless, I think the way that can connect to this text in an interesting way is like you you were talking about, Jonah, you know, Jonah's not ready yet or whatever. And we talked in the last episode about like the iffiness of using the phrase, it's part of God's plan. Um, but I do, I, I think it's interesting that like had Jonah not had this whole moment in the whale, I feel like there's an element of understanding that he then loses for the Ninevites. So like by Jonah, like kind of taking this detour, the side quest and like going against the exact instructions and like doing this other thing, it kind of shows how everyone can have this moment of stray and like of worry and like not following what is asked of them right away. And that's like the whole story of the Ninevites too, right? The Ninevites are doing things that they're not supposed to. Right. And, um, and that's what gets kind of creates this hot water that, the whole story centers around and Jonah also has this moment where they stray and then they come back at the end. And I feel like without that side quest, there would, there wouldn't be an, an ultimate understanding of like the Ninevites getting this massive grace and um, forgiveness from God. Like that helps Jonah understand it. So there's also an epiphany moment there for Jonah of like, Oh, anyone can have these moments of straying and, God's always going to accept us back into the fold despite those moments. Right. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's very comforting to know that. So I love that you, you called it a side quest. Cause I'm like, I'm like, yeah, if we like take these side journeys and we're like stressed and worried and we like venture off and we're like, oh, I don't feel ready. We can trust through the story that God will always accept us back into the fold, both through Jonah and through the Ninevites, which is really cool. So Yay. Jonah went on a journey. And now you can because we're taking a break. See you very soon.
And we're back. You don't know how long our break was. Drew may have watched the entire VeggieTales canon since then. You'll never know. Um, but on a totally tangential thing, Drew, do you want to talk about like scriptures or something? And st- uh, for sure. I'm ready. <laughs> Take it away. Hopefully. So my scripture is Psalms 62, 5 through 12. Um, let's see. So uh, the scripture... I'm going to read some of it. So actually, I'm going to read the whole thing. Maybe. So, yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times. That's not the whole thing. So that's good. Uh, So this made me think a lot about... um, the ways in which, so I think I mentioned at the beginning that I'm about to start my internship tomorrow, which is very like, I don't know, pretty nervous about it, you know, that kind of thing. And it's it's a weird feeling because I'm feeling like not really nervous to start tomorrow, but it's more like a nervous of like what's going to happen after tomorrow and how my schedule is going to change and all the stresses that are going to happen within that. And I think that this is really interesting because it, it talks about um, – you know, finding rest in God, finding, viewing God as your rock and almost like your, like your, I don't know, like, like your happy place or like just the thing that you find uh, peace from, which I think is really interesting. And it's something that I've been like thinking about and how, you know, how to deal with stresses and anxieties and things like that. And I think that I found recently that it can be really helpful to make sure that you view God as these things and look at him to sort of anchor, you know, these stresses that uh, we go through as humans. And it, it also made me think of the, maybe I should, I should probably make sure. I think that this is supposed to be like a prayer. So if it's not, then just forget about that. But it's interesting to me that like, when I think about when I pray, like, I'm like, you know, you, you, you worship in other ways, like in song and all that stuff. But like, you know, you tell God, you're so great. Thank you. But the lengths that uh, this passage goes through to talk about all the things that God is, um, I think that's really beautiful because God really is so many things to us. And I think like as part of our journey, it's so important to keep finding um, new things that uh, God is. And also my last point that I was thinking about in like, with this passage is the ways in which like I think it's interesting to compare now to then in their views of God because I feel like today right we have all of these passages and we're, we sort of inform our view of God based off of these passages in combination with you know our prayer and our life experience and all those things but uh, back then of course they had some scriptures but like a lot of it seems like this is them talking about their personal like experience with God and the ways that they've experienced him, not just like scripture. So I think that that's really interesting too, because I think it's harder to do that because most of us don't really feel like we've heard, like we haven't had conversations with God in the same ways that, you know, some of these people have, but it just made me think about the ways in which we inform our like view of God. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, I am. Um, 
appreciate I appreciate that you read the whole that you've read the whole thing for this. Um, because sometimes I think with verses like this, there's like um more of an understanding of purpose when you read through the whole thing. And so I'm kind of in a little aspect you added in there. Um I said this in the last episode too, but like I grew up in the church. And so sometimes when it comes to like learning all the things, I think Louisa was like learning all the things that God is, I think is what you said. Um, like other people's experiences, all of that. Um, I've always found that stuff super interesting just because like I came into it later than like a lot of the people I'm around. Um, typically just because, you know, I was like 15 or 16, I think when I started going to church, I was baptized at 18. So even at like 26, I'm still like on this journey of figuring it all out. Um, and so I love, listening to other people's experiences, their faith journeys, their stories, their calls, all the things, just because I think I gained so much from that. And so I kind of appreciated the take you took on this of like um, hearing about all those experiences and learning what God is and all the things he can do. Um, because I think I resonated with a little bit um, as I like follow my journey as well. Yeah. I, th I think this, um, this is really nice for the, for like, you know, if we take this, this podcast or show as um as speaking to college-age young adults and that sort of thing, this is a really nice, like, sort of list of, of some really nice things. I mean, do not resort to oppression. <laughs> we can't, if you achieve wealth, don't let your heart get attached. Like these are these are really good things that I think we can we can relate to, and it's and it's um, it's definitely nice to hear in con in conjunction with modern society. So yeah, I don't have much to add, but this is this is cool. Yes. Um, I also think too, alongside what y'all said, that this is a cool scripture to pair with the scripture you talked about, Allison, right? Allison Corinth. Yeah. Like holding these two next to each other as you do with the scriptures in the liturgical calendar, because it kind of, I feel like at least for me, gives me perspective that this concept of like, um, like, what am I trying to say? Like that we shouldn't be setting our hearts on and focusing on the things that society values, I guess is what I'm trying to say to like, be very cautious when putting your everything or investing yourself into whatever your society deems as who should be powerful or what makes you powerful, what makes you da 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 da. da. And so like this whole bit at the end, just about like, you know, when wealth bears fruit, don't set your heart on it and stuff. Um, and kind of like, like the Corinthians text being kind of like an analogy of like, the earth is, it's all going to go away. It's all fading away. Kind of like to remind you that like, even if you just think of that as an analogy for like your society, your current circumstances, everything is always changing as to what is deemed as powerful what is deemed as good in any given people group but like when we set our hearts on god and love and the things that are of god those things stay true no matter what time place or whatever and so these like when i think of why you know it makes us strong and solid and, and unshakable it's because those are the things that are steadfast those are the things that will remain true like love remains true no matter where you are no matter what time period you were born in no matter where you're born in the world like that is the most true thing that is ever yeah all right i'm gonna close this up with our gospel text of mark here we go. Um, this is kind of a continuation of 
where I left off last episode, right? Jesus um, kind of gathering his peeps. Um, so as I, so a lot of this is, is similar to what I said last episode. So um, I immediately get flooded with these sort of questions of like, um, did these people, did we know Jesus already? Is this our first contact with Jesus? Like, is there something super compelling in the moment about Jesus that is causing these people to undoubtedly follow him? Right. Um, so those questions all kind of come to mind, but I think, and I think there is like a really nice sort of featuring statement around that, that says like, there is something so compelling about Jesus that we are willing to follow Jesus. And then when I take that one step further and picturing like, okay, I'm, I'm just like, very neutrally picturing a scenario where like a very, very compelling person comes up to me and says, you specifically, sir, I want you come follow me. And like, there's something very special about that. Like very beautiful, like especially in the world of insecurity in a world in which like, I don't know, I have a lot of personal doubts. So if I put myself in this story where like somebody compelling enough to draw a group of people comes up to me and wants me specifically. I, I think, um, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's very cool. And, um, and I think it speaks to this larger aspect of God really caring about our individ- individuality and God very much thinking we are all special. I mean, I think we hear this a lot, like you're special to God or like you're created in God's image or what, like, I think, I think we say this very blindly. And so this is a notion that we all understand, but like, no, think very deeply about this. Like, you as a person are so special to God and everything that makes you, you and your individuality does all come from God. And and God chooses that like God chooses and wants that in us. Um, and God does call every single one of us. So then let's break down the, like this sort of call, because I, I think we, again, another thing we hear often is like uh, you are called or like God has a call for you. And I, and I think, and, and I don't want to speak on behalf of everybody here, but like growing up in the church for me, this sort of call that we talk about, I always just like equated it to like a call to ministry or a call to or- ordination or whatever. Like when I hear about this call, I think it was always spoken about like a call specifically to religious work. Um, whereas I just want to broaden it in, in the event that people felt the same way I did. I just want to broaden it to this like more general call that God can call us to do everything. Like, and we had the story of, Jonah, which is awesome because now we get the added piece of the puzzle where like, you don't have to like follow that call right away and you'll eventually end up in the call. Like, or like you can take some time to figure it out for yourself or maybe you don't feel ready, but like ultimately God can call us to do anything. And it's not just ministry work. It's like the jobs that we do and the like people that we talk to or the interactions that we find ourselves in randomly. Um, my dad always talks about, this is a slight tangent, but I'm going to, I'll get there. My dad always talks about how, like, if he had a ton of money and was like open, starting a business, the people that he would hire would be all these people from these random jobs that he runs into that are doing very impactful work and are very meaningful. Like if he's, if he's at, um, at a Starbucks and the barista is like, awesome. We've all seen those people, those workers in every job that are just above and beyond incredible. He's like, those are the people I would hire because, um, he recognizes their uniqueness. They're like, passion and everything. And there's all these aspects about that. And, um, again, I'm just relating that back to like, God can call us in any area of our life. 
um, not just specific occupationally, but also like in the relationships we have and the people that we end up in. Um, and there's just some sort of like, I don't know, I feel recognized. I feel seen in that, right? Uh, this scripture for me now becomes the sort of ode to how special we all are and how um, beautiful God views us. Um, and then one more slight offset that I'll go on is like, I think we've all been in moments where in our lives where we're not happy with the place we're in. We're not happy with the path or the location or the thing that we feel like we're stuck in or whatever. Um, and even those, and again, this has a weird relationship with what we talked about last episode about like, Oh, it's all part of God's plan. Right? Like that phrase ah, touches on things we don't like, but, um, um, I th- I do think like there even those moments where we don't feel great there there is a calling somewhere um, and that doesn't mean we have to be okay with it we can still lament about it we can still hate it and I, I again like Sydney Sydney you were saying I like I don't know if I believe that God is forcing us into positions where we're gonna suffer but um, just recognizing the specialness and uniqueness of our personalities in certain situations, even when they're hard for us, I think is uh, goes a long way in talking about God's calling for us. Um, I hope some of that felt connected. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys have in response to all the myriad of things that I vomit onto the stage of this podcast. Um. No, everything you said was so good, Mike, is so connected. And honestly, these scriptures today, the further along we've gotten, I feel like the more clarity I'm getting about each one. You know what I mean? Like, and I, that's, I know that's how these scriptures are supposed to work, but it, it always does amaze me when I'm like, it's all connected. You know what I mean? I feel like a person with a red rope. Um, <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, just the idea of calling. Um, I think I love that what you said about calling in relation to like at the beginning when it's talking about Jesus coming to bring the good news that the kingdom of God is coming and to me that connects all of this all of this stuff about you know the world fading and all this stuff about not setting your hearts on you know this it's all this idea that like our calling regardless of what that calling is regardless of how long it takes us to feel prepared how we might run is ushering in the kingdom of God, the redemption of all things, the resurrection of all things. And that we can do that in so many ways by loving people in so many ways, even if it's not in church, even if it's through friendship, even if it's at our jobs, even if it's, you know, any way. And so I just like love the way all these little pieces kind of accumulate and just like, the big story of like the kingdom of God, you know? Yeah. Um, I agree with what both of you guys said. And uh, I think that it also, this like, it reminds me or makes me think of the feeling like in like elementary school or whatever, if you're like playing kickball or whatever. And it's like, if you were picked first, it's like, Oh my gosh, like whoever was picking, they think I'm so special. Like, they pick me out of everybody. And I think that is, and that's true, like for this too, because I think that like, you know, we're all disciples. So God has like all, God has done that, like that feeling that you would get, like God has done that for all of us. And I think that even though it's like everybody, so it doesn't feel as unique. I think that it really is because everybody has such a unique experience and talent and ways in which they can serve God that everybody's call really is unique. 
And I think that it's also uh, similar to what you were saying. Like, it's really important that people know that like being called to ministry or doesn't mean, doesn't just mean being a pastor. Like all of us have a call and, you know, not statistically, we can't all be pastors. Like that's just not the way the church works or how it's supposed to work. So I think that, uh, yeah, I really like that you said that because there's so many ways to be called. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much more I can add. Um, because I, I mean, I was pretty much going to re reiterate everything that Andrew just said. Um, but I do, I mean, I think there is just like such a strong sentiment to that phrase of like God can call us sentiment. I don't know if that was the right word, but God can call us to anything. Um, scope. I think there's, I think it shows the scope of like, you know, who God is and how big God is and all the things that he can do. Um, but yeah, I don't have much more to add than that. <laughs> Hey, that's okay. We can totally just leave it there. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and close this in prayer. Thank you guys so much for, for the conversation. Um, dear God, I'm also going to thank you for the conversation. Um, yeah, I, I'm with Sydney. I'm sometimes amazed at how these these things sort of piece together um, and everything kind of has its, has its place, but we still have so much, again, I'm going to call out the uniqueness and individuality and how we how we hear these things and the pieces that we pick up. And uh, I just think that's continuously so cool. So thank you for giving us that experience here. And then hopefully we can bring that on to other people and encourage people to engage with these texts in the same way. So uh, that's all I got for you for now in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, thank you guys so much. Drew, Allison, Sydney, you guys are awesome. Always a pleasure. Um, Drew's dog did not make an appearance this episode. So that's a little bit of a bummer, but it's okay. We'll, uh, that's, that'll be an exclusive some other time. Allison, you get to build your bookshelf now. <laughs> Yay. All right. Uh, until next time, this has been Studio Wesley Annex. Bye, y'all. Bye.